Alright everybody, welcome to episode 12 of uh, Indian Diaspora Podcast. So today's topic is kind of seasonal. Uh, yesterday I took my kids to Garba. Uh, we went after, I would say, five to six years. And of course, two of those years were lost in COVID. So my kids were kind of really amazed at the crowd, the colors, the dancing. And they were a little bit shy. My son did dance for literally 30 seconds. My daughter did not. So one of the things that hit me was like, how how things have changed. So I I, I grew up in Rajasthan. Garba wasn't a big thing. But this whole period of Navratri to Diwali was celebrated in in a different way. It was mostly around going out, meeting friends, meeting family. And specifically on Dashara, we went and saw Ravan Dahan on Diwali, you know, typically lighting the houses with diyas and lights and doing fire, fireworks. But as the time changed, things changed. And I want to a little bit talk about that today with you guys and then see, you know, what do you guys feel? So, so one of the things for me that changed was that back then, my sister had an accident where her dress caught fire. So fireworks were banned in our household until I landed up in Kharagpur, where Diwali wasn't a main event because Durga Puja was, so kind of missed the fireworks. Uh, we had a f- different events for the fireworks over there. When I came to US, I kind of got back into the fireworks. So that was a major change in terms of that the tiny piece, you know, the, the joy people get during Diwali. But also around the rituals, the the, the meeting and greetings and doing the pujas and eating sweets. So the, the whole thing has changed for me. And I want to talk to you guys. So Vijay, you want to kick it off from your side? Sure. I mean, this whole time, you know, at least irrespective of how things have changed. And I'm sure, you know, with 30 years passing since, uh, you know, I left India, I think it's, it's been a long time. Uh, Things have changed, but at the on the big picture level, it is still a time of celebration. And I'm I'm happy to say that this is one thing that as as a family, as our immediate community here, we continue to really come together during this time for many many things, right? So, uh, just to give an idea of uh, you know how it was versus how it's now, uh, Diwali itself is it's interesting. I'm from Kerala and our Diwali happens in the morning, believe it or not. So we used to wake up in the morning and we say, oh, this is the time to, uh, you know, it was in the morning when it's, you know, uh, bright and sunny, you're doing a few firecrackers. Uh, and that that is the time at which we would celebrate. But clearly that was just a little bit more, uh, I think it was just a token because I lived in North India all my life and all the celebrations began in the evening. And sure enough, huge amount of firecrackers and you know you know what it was like and i think it still is like quite a bit in india where you know you have a few days where uh, everybody's just posting firecrackers and and it's a big celebration and you get together and eat, eat sweets and everything after coming to the us i think the thing that we have continued in a big way is that social gathering piece uh, getting together uh, our kids pretty much from when they were born till now know of Diwali as a time where, you know, all our close families will gather in different houses. So we have a big party at our house. We are one of the, uh, everybody's kind of staked out. We'll do New Year's, we'll do, you know, Super Bowl, et cetera, et cetera. We have definitely staked out Diwali as the celebration which shall happen at our place. So we actually are planning that in a few weeks and we have, you know, what 10 to 12 families have been invited. And this, this is pretty normal. And 
everybody, you know, comes together, everybody dresses up. You know, this is one of the times of the year where uh, all the Indian clothes come out and it's a really festive time. I, in fact, even set up a tripod and a camera and we take uh, portraits and pictures for everybody. Uh, but what is really fun is just uh, all the just catching up and eating food and having sweets that we talked about, right? Fireworks, not as much. We do buy a few. So we probably spend 10 to 15 minutes outside, uh, mostly doing, uh, you know, the sparklers and then maybe a few fountains and stuff like that. You know, if you want to really buy serious firecrackers, you have to go uh, out of Connecticut into New Hampshire. And uh, they are available if you want to do the big stuff, but it, you have to get a permit and stuff like that. So we are not as much into the firecrackers anymore, but more around, you know, just the celebration and, and just token celebration there. Now, the other thing that happens around this time that I want to talk about, and we'll get to Navratri later, but uh, there is this festival called Golu, which is a, a South Indian festival where people will celebrate by uh, putting these, you know, huge tiered structures full of dolls and figures, right? And this happens around the Navratri time too. And one of our close friends here has a tradition of having Golu at their house every year. And it's incredible, the amount of stuff that they put together. Uh, the kids have over the years, uh, designed all sorts of different, so they have the gods and goddesses and, you know, the dolls and stuff like that, but then they have all sorts of other things with Lego and, you know, every, every little thing, like one of their kids is big into aircraft, so they have figures of aircraft and they create this huge display in their living room. And again, a huge number of families get together and we found our own unique way to celebrate. So there's food and celebration and all that stuff, but uh, this family is very musical. So uh, one of the big pieces of that celebration is everybody gets to, if they, if they feel like it, obviously, everybody gets to either sing or dance or perform or something. They have a, a piano and uh, it, it's just a nice celebration of, you know, Western music culture, Indian music culture, etc. And all the kids get to kind of also show what they've been learning, etc. So that's another nice thing that happens. But overall, it's really, we've managed to keep that, uh, that celebration of coming together uh, alive and it's, it's really a special time for us. I definitely get that. And and I'm, I think you and I have similar experiences in terms of, you know, because we followed the, you know, similar trajectory from India to US. Uh, but one of the persons who has followed a different trajectory, is, actually the other two guys, Shashi and Vishwas have followed sort of different trajectory. Uh, Shashi, what about UK? How How is it in UK? So Neeraj, look, you know, I think Indian festivals are big over here. Uh, I mean, my experience of celebrating Diwali or Dashera is actually very similar to what Vijay has just narrated, which is that it's a social gathering where friends and family come together. And very much like Vijay said, you know, among our friend circle, we've staked out various events through the year that uh, each person then hosts. Um, so, you know, it's very much a cultural gathering, a social gathering. And actually, I think you know, even in our childhood, there was a very large element of these uh, festivals being about social gathering. Uh, there is the very slight religious element to these things in the sense that, uh, you know, Diwali is about celebrating, you know, the victory of good over evil and all that. And I think there is a certain connection that I have to that. Uh, <clears throat> you know, all of us went to Kharagpur. Uh, you know, Durga Puja was a big deal in Kharagpur as well. And one of the things that I think all the three of you would have got exposed to and not have seen before, but I had seen it before, is the very first day of Durga Puja is called Mahalaya. Um, and there's a long tradition of celebrating Mahalaya because that's the day that, you know, the day we actually descends to earth. Um, and the tradition used to be in Kharagpur that we used to go for, you know, samosa and jalebi and, and chai, um, you know, sort of assemble at dawn. Um, 
and listen to this you know vague music um now that vague music that nobody actually i mean it's always in the background and nobody actually understood it was actually on all india radio it has been on all india radio for all of my childhood and as a young child i remember my father playing this whole sequence called uh, the whole mahalaya sequence but actually only of late um i have got more deep into it and you know got deep into the music got deep into the lyrics and understood how it's a translation of the devi mahatmya and so on and to me in addition to the social and cultural gathering i think that part of understanding the very deep roots of these festivals has been a very big thing so you know the social and cultural gathering goes on but i think in my own understanding these festivals have taken you know much more of a meaning and i'm not particularly religiously observant by any means uh, in fact i'm not at all um, but i think these festivals have started taking a much deeper meaning in my life and i've started to understand a bit more about why my parents and others you know had such a deep affection for these festivals so that's kind of been my experience neeraj so for me the exposure to durga puja the way you know we talk about it these days and mahalli actually came in kharagpur sadly after leaving kharagpur i did not get exposed to durga puja again and and it's part of because you know the the place where we went there was not much bengali influence or or population but i'll come back to that later vishwas you are one of the guys who's gone around the world and come back 360 Tell us about your experience, man. Yeah, so uh, Neeraj, my experience has been that uh, uh, in India. Uh, so I'm I'm looking at it uh, uh, from what it was in India earlier and what it is now. And my experience has been that uh, as India has become more prosperous, the festivities have become bigger. The celebrations have become more flashy and uh, there has been a lot more commercialization of this quite successfully at that and and at a personal level the same thing that uh, uh, you have experienced which is there's more family and uh, and social uh, gathering also primarily because people do make time and uh, uh, people are also more able to travel longer distances so it becomes possible for families to come together where it was earlier more difficult to given larger distances of travel another thing that i have seen surprisingly is that some festivals have gone viral so uh, an example is ganesh chaturthi now ganesh chaturthi when when we were much younger Ganesh Chaturthi was not so widely celebrated. It was celebrated in in uh, Maharashtra, in parts of Maharashtra, as far as I recall, and in a few other areas, but not as widely as it is celebrated now. So some some festivals have uh, you know been able to go viral, which is probably expected, but I am not sure why it has gone viral. But you know there there it is. It's that's what it is, and. Uh, and i uh, also uh, can completely relate to what shashi was saying that uh, uh, there is this underlying meaning uh, behind these festivals and and this is something that i think uh, we are missing because you know given how fast paced our lives have become and given how much people are looking for in terms of mindfulness and peace in this world there is so much of richness that is there that is underlying 
the different uh, occasions or festivals that we have that really is is completely not uh, touched upon over here so that and and there were some underlying currents and some uh, some uh, learnings around that when we were much younger uh, so for example in schools we 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 were taught about them uh, we used to write essays about them but uh, and and a number of times uh, i remember my parents teaching me about them because if you write essays then you take some coaching at home but that uh, that you know that has gone missing so so these are you know some of the things that i am seeing over here i mean actually vishwas you know the point about festivals going viral uh, you, you know we get these um, gold jewelry marketing campaigns for akshay tritiya and honestly that is one festival i had never heard of until the gold jewelers started marketing it and i think that there is a point there about how commercialized some of these festivals have become um and you know unfortunately we can't avoid it um you know and m- many of this is also the influence of television where you become more exposed to you know what's happening in other parts of the country but there is a real richness and diversity in the way festivals are cel- celebrated in india that we are getting exposed to now which we didn't know when we were children from a virality aspect i think the other one that uh, has gone viral and i think neeraj you said you just came back from garba uh it is uh, i didn't know anything about dandiya and garba as growing up as a child and perhaps me you know and i grew up in north india so it's not like uh, i was stuck in one corner of india without exposure uh, even after coming to the us i seem to see that it's become very big in the last few years and it's actually great because i a lot of our friends who Uh, are not gujaratis and south indians they all get together and say let's go let's go do garba let's do dandiya let's go dance and people are also throwing these uh, parties in the backyards where everybody gets together so again from a perspective of getting together and and celebrating it has been it's been you know just one more occasion and it's been awesome but my immersion into garba and dandiya was uh, was uh, quite interesting so i'm my wife is gujarati and as i said before i met her i didn't know anything about this stuff and we went to get married in amdavad uh, in the year 2000 and they had the night before the wedding they had a big uh, celebration and sure enough it was everybody was dressed up and everybody wanted to do garba and dandiya and i had no clue right? all these steps and uh, you know these folks are amazing they they dance beautifully and it's you know depending on what you do it can get pretty complicated so a uh, couple of people patiently taught me and they were very nice to me they gave me an award at the end of it saying you know the best new garba dancer i guess something like that but i started realizing how how sort of how much of this goes on in gujarat so navratri the nine days my wife uh, you know she has grown up basically dancing for nine nights in a row uh, they would dance all night they would go and uh, there's this delicacy called fafda that is you know being fried constantly <laughs> at night and they will go at 3 am in the morning into this mithai shop and they will eat this fresh papada with kadi and mirchi and that is something that she loves and you know i can see when she gets to go once or twice here when we have the big uh, dandiya garba celebration you know the, recently they've been doing one in the stadium and they get musicians from gujarat and it's amazing like 5000 people coming from all over you know different states around connecticut she just completely loses herself in the crowd she's having such a good time and i you know that's something that i can just watch and sort of feel amazed by but not really feel from the inside because i didn't grow up in that culture so i think virality if it if it brings new people into the fold and gets people together is, is a good thing i think it's a, it's another chance to celebrate 
So I, I agree to that. So I, I'll kind of go back to the Garba piece a little bit. Uh, it's not because, you know, that I'm a good dancer. Actually, I have two left feet. Uh, there are uh, some part of me can't dance at all. So, so, so going back to my, I have some cousins that live in Ahmedabad and uh, I don't remember exactly which year, but I had gone to one year to Ahmedabad. It was smack in the middle of the night. My cousin says, come with me. I'm like, it's midnight. I, we, as much as we were young, we could stay awake till 2 a.m. Where are we going in midnight? He said, come with me. So he takes out his old scooter, puts me on the back and takes me to this huge medan, huge ground. And it's crowded, but it's very organized. You park your scooter, you go through a line and I can't count. I, I have a very vague memory of that, but must have been 3,000, 5,000 people just going in, you know, circles, multiple circles, pretty rhythmic and, and nobody bumping into each other and each circle doing its own move. But it was like majestic. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and that's where I learned this is Garba. This is what happens on during Navratris. But it seems Gujaratis tend to do that, not just during Navratris. They have some certain other occasions too. So it was kind of majestic, but I never got to do it. Uh, in my school days, being in Rajasthan, the Shara Navratris were a big event. Coming to Kharagpur, Durga Puja was. And I think if... Uh, uh, we used to, we had to come back to, you know, Kharagpur during Diwali and we had our whole illumination contest. We haven't even talked about it, how we celebrated Diwali in Kharagpur, right? The illumination contest can take probably another hour of us. Uh, and then coming to U.S., it was kind of back on because most of the graduate students and undergrad students uh, from Indian origin were Gujaratis. So for me, Garba was like a bit introduction in school, total collapse in Kharagpur and coming to U.S., it was back in production. But specifically for Diwali, which tend to be the major event around fall and holy during spring, the, the things were different. For me as a childhood, Diwali and Dashera were celebrated, but on a very muted level. My father was very much afraid of fireworks, especially when one event, when he brought the fireworks home, my sisters just caught fire. So we did all the puja, we ate all the nice food, went to some close friends' houses, exchanged sweets, and did all that. Uh, I think, and then college, you know, we just I just mentioned. But coming to U.S., being a single, it was more of a, uh, you know, Indian student organization or India Student Association event. I'm sure you all did that too. But starting family, once you started family, the, the, the chain, it became more personal event where you started gathering closer with the friends, whether you went to college with or happened to be your neighbors. And that became the tradition. For me, that went on for 10 years in Richmond, where we would split duties in the sense that, hey, we'll do puja at your house, but we'll do dinner at your house and we'll go to his house for the fireworks. So we kind of split the duty that way, making sure that everybody gave peace to it. Uh, coming to Florida, uh, I lost that group of friends and it was kind of difficult to rebuild that friendship again. So we have some friends here. We do that. But it's, it's, it's to me, it's become, again, a community event way back. It was in the graduate school. So for me, this has taken a lot of changes over there. And I feel that my kids have not gone, not gotten the full experience of the Shara or Diwali. Holi had been kind of same way, but it's they understand you go out in the park, you throw colors parents get drunk and we get to eat a lot of sweets. So for them, all is like that. But Diwali, I feel that 
uh, I, I got a little bit disconnected with it and I'm trying to get back to it. And this is the reason uh, this year I've been doing, going to Garba events, taking my kids, uh, attending multiple Diwali dinners. Hopefully uh, my kids will kind of start reconnecting to the idea of what this, uh, what these festivals are. So uh, we talk about us. What about the family? What about your kids, guys? Something that, so, <laughs> hey, go ahead, just you go ahead first. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. With, with kids, I think, uh, you know, Diwali is big. Fireworks always uh, gets them. But I think the social side of uh, the festivals is something that they enjoy as well. You know, they, I, I think, again, expecting them to have the same connection with the deeper meaning of the festivals is a little bit harder because they don't see everything around it. Although I do tell my son, you know, quite a bit about the festivals and, um, and he's picked up a fair bit from, it, from me. But the social side of these festivals is something where I think their link to festivals is not very different from ours. Um, and it's not surprising, actually. They love to get together with their cousins and friends. Um, and the festivals provide an occasion to do that. Yes, Ashi, uh, I agree. But do you think that, uh, you know, once they have grown up and potentially had their own families, that they're going to continue to do this? Uh, I'm just curious what happens two generations hence, right? Is this yeah. a connect that gets lost over time? Yeah, Vijay, look, you know, I mean, we've talked about this before. I think these things will change and their connect with these festivals will also change. Uh, you know, I keep harking back onto the Indian immigrants into the Caribbean. They've been there in some cases for 150 years. And it's incredible because they arrived as a group and they had no community apart from themselves. You know, so, so, you know, they kind of stuck to their own community. It's kind of interesting that in that community, they've managed to continue the traditions of Dashera and Diwali. I mean, by the way, most of these immigrants are from Bihar and so, you know, kind of follow very similar traditions to what I do. Um, and the traditions of Diwali and Dashera or Ram Navmi, which, are, which is a big thing in Bihar, those things have continued in the Caribbean. But if you watch those festivals and the way they're observed in the Caribbean, they are different from the way they're observed in India. Of course, things have diverged. Um, I think the, the, the different question that you were asking, Vijay, is in an environment where uh, the communities are much more diluted, much, much more integrated into Western society, will this continue in two generations' time? I expect not, uh, but I also don't expect that it'll get completely lost. There will be some sort of shadow that will remain. And I don't think we can dictate what happens here. Oh, completely agree. I think what I'm curious about, and I don't even know if I'll live long enough to see it, but I'm curious about how it will uh, change and what will happen and sort of what are the new things that will come in. Uh, because, you know, in the end, if you have a large enough community, then certain pieces will survive. But I think uh, you've mentioned something really interesting about uh, uh, history in other parts, uh, you know, especially uh, places like Guyana, etc. I'd be curious to read up more on that to see what happened, because that probably gives an idea of where things could go. You know, one of the things, uh, uh, Vijay, you know, uh, I was speaking to a senior curator at the British Museum, and he was telling me the story that in uh, about, about 20 years ago, um, they got a family from India to build a whole Durga statue for Durga Puja, right? Now, you know, in the public perception, the statue is there for five days. But actually, there's a whole process of making the statues that starts 75 days before the statues are installed. And there's a whole elaborate ritual around how it happens. So they didn't do it for 75 days. They did it for 30 days. But they did it inside the museum. And the experience that he was telling me is that there are so many Bengali families here whose connection to Durga Puja has weakened in one generation alone. And entire families would show up every day to see what was going on as the statue was being built. So they did the statue, they did the Durga Puja for the five days, all inside the museum. 
And I think, you know, there's a certain degree of outreach that these museums are trying to do here, which is bringing back that sense of connection to second generation or third generation immigrants to their own cultures. So, uh, so living in Florida, I'm actually very exposed to the Caribbean Indians here, right? So they tend to be more religious than Indians that came from mainland India that way. And part of that is, and Shashi, you, you post, uh, you know, a lot of uh, uh, tidbits about uh, migration of slaves and all those things in, in, our, our, in our WhatsApp groups. The part of that they say is that that religion kept them together. Religion kept them hopeful. Religion kept them, you know, alive, essentially. So they are more religious than, you know, say me. So so for them, and I see their second generation, third generation still continuing the Holi, Garba, Diwali, whatever the traditions they have within their own subgroup. So, so I think at somewhere with the, you know, advent of social media, I don't think this thing is going to die. It's going to reshape. It's going to take a different shape. Diwali might become a different kind of celebration, but it will stay on uh, in the in the Western part of the world. Uh, but, but before we continue down, down that path, which was, uh, how, how about your kids? I mean, uh, you are one of the unique person in that way. And I definitely envy you in a way that you went around the world and are very comfortable in India. So <laughs> tell me about how are your kids... Uh, enjoying, liking, adjusting to the festivals now? Yeah, so uh, there is a, an, uh, you know, coming coming to, uh, you know, extending the point that I was making earlier. So the, the festivals have become big and they've become small. So they have become big in the sense that uh, they've become bigger events. So there is more uh, socializing that the kids do. Uh, there is a lot more social, uh, the, you know, interaction that we have with our families and meeting with their cousins is something that is a lot more likely to happen now. So they, this makes it more of a fun event. So that is, uh, uh, you know, that comes with the earlier point that uh, I was making about money because there is a lot more uh, commercialization there is there are more gifts to go around and that creates a lot of positive uh, uh, memories and vibes about uh, these festive festivities and uh, they have become small so they've become they big they become small what has become small and that uh, remains a regret for me is is the the underlying meaning that uh, Shashi was talking about that uh, is, uh, is is getting diluted and and uh, I think I would say I'm also a little, you know, a little guilty about uh, making sure that not making sure that uh, that that is sustained as well as I would have wanted it to. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely, I I see that. So so the joke in our house is that you know whenever there's Raksha Bandhan or Bhai Duj, Simran gets more money than Arjun. And he always complains about it. <laughs> so, so the kids kind of tend to enjoy, kind of relate the uh, festivals along with the the gift part of it. And my daughter had actually made a joke. It's politically incorrect. One day I'll tell, but they they do associate festivals with some kind of gift or or or, or, or money for them. I'm gonna pivot here, guys. A quick pivot. The reason it's that uh, Karwa Choth was a few days back. I don't even know the exact date. But my wife had to travel to India for her father's health reasons. So she missed it because she was in a flight and there was no way for to 
do any of those rituals. So I'm alive, right? The Karvachot, the whole story of Karvachot is for the long life of husband. And I, and she didn't do it, and she was very apologetic, in a, in a, not in a way that, hey, I'm sorry, I'm not able to do it, hey, I'm sorry, I have to travel to India, I'm not going to be able to do it this time. And it made me think, like, why? And so I'm in a boat where I don't care, but she wants to do it, so I have to care. And I respect that she does it diligently, uh, not drinking, not eating anything, and waiting for the moon to come. And so, as our luck would have it, in the last 10 years, moon has always been covered by cloud. So, so we have to kind of make shift moon and then do it. Uh, but I've always been in a very weird camp. Like, I, I don't want you to do it, but if you do it, I'm okay with it. What, what about you guys? How are you guys seeing Karvachot? So, uh, Neeraj, look, uh, <clears throat> my wife has done Karvachot a couple of years, a few years, but she's not someone who does it every year. Uh, frankly, I feel very ambivalent about it. I mean, the idea that she has to pray for my long life and I don't have to do the same for her is just not something that I feel comfortable with doing. If she wants to do it, great. If she doesn't want to do it, that's fine too. I think the the uh, the broader intent that we care for each other is what matters. And I think demonstrating it with something of this kind, if that's what people want to do, that's all right. But, you know, I wouldn't insist on it. I mean, a bit like you, one year when she did it, I was actually in Boston. I was actually... Uh, that evening, I was when she had to break her fast. I was on a train from Boston to New York, um, and um, you know I had to see the moon, and she had to see the moon, and we were all doing this on a FaceTime call, which was a bit kind of modern age karvachot. Uh, but I think with many of our festivals, you know, I feel uncomfortable with some of the roots that the festivals have in having you know the gender stereotypes or the caste stereotypes and all that. So as much as I care about the roots of these festivals, I do feel uncomfortable about some aspects of them. Yeah, I don't really have much to offer here because we don't do Karvachat. And in fact, this was something I didn't... The only time I saw it was growing up was in movies. Uh, you know, looking at the hold a sieve and look at the moon through the sieve. Uh, but I have friends who do it. And, uh, you know, everybody does it in a different way. I think Shashi is right. Uh, people have actually made some adaptations too to this uh, uh, in how they observe it. And I think uh, the guys are starting to get more involved too. I think to your point, Shashi, you know, both sides wanting to wish each other long life. I think that's also happening. I don't know if you've seen some of that. No, I mean, absolutely. That's been in the news quite a lot, uh, Vijay, isn't it? I mean, so, uh, you, you know, husband and wife both doing shots together. You know, there's been some controversy about lesbian couples doing it. You know, I think the point about all of these festivals is that people will interpret them in the way that they see fit for themselves and in the in the way they see fit for the people around them other people get upset but i think enforcing uniformity on these things is incredibly difficult and a bit pointless in my view so i'll add so, uh, sorry Vishwa, sorry to cut you out so one of the things my wife actually uh, offered me is like hey i sh if i want to join her my challenge is I can't fast. I've, I'm, not, I'm not talking just Karvachot. In general, I cannot fast. I need something to munch every two hours. And that's that's just, I'm used to it working from home, home and just working from, uh, you know, traveling on the road all the time. So I am not a fast guy, but I've offered to sacrifice some other way. And uh, unfortunately, I've not come up with any good idea on that. And my wife is okay with that. And, and, and she does Karvachot. Uh, for her, it's also an event where she gets back with her friends in the evening, right? They do some puja with thali exchange and all that, and then and, and then get to eat 
uh, drink water or whatever, the, however they break their fast. But what has happening is that group is becoming bigger and bigger to a point where that some groups have now started doing this in a bigger place, like in a temple or in a, in a social community hall, where it's not three or four women anymore. It's 20, 30, 40 women doing it together. So similar to what, you know, uh, we were talking about others. It's not simply a commercialization. It's becoming a little bit viral. It's becoming fashionable, especially with the movie stars now posting that on Instagram that they are breaking their karwa chauth and 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 a lot of people look up to these younger stars, whether it's you know Deepika Padukone or or, or uh, Alia Bhatt and all that. The stars are posting it on Instagram, so it's becoming fashionable more than just religious event out there. Hey, uh, I thought of something that we can do and maybe make viral. Let's have a way to crowdsource sacrifices that Neeraj can make, and then we'll uh, find the winner, and that's what you can do next to Neeraj. And maybe that'll be a cool thing, right? Like have friend groups figure out what sacrifices their friends yeah, can make. Yeah, definitely. One of the sacrifices I have to make is stop making stupid comments on WhatsApp groups. <laughs> anyway, I cut I cut out Vishwas. Uh, Vishwas, you were saying something. So, uh, Neeraj, you stole my thunder. You know, I was I was going to say, look, I I, I can't fast, but uh, but then you said it, and so now I'll I'll say the same thing. Uh, the same thing. Basically, I I don't miss my meals. I cannot miss my meals. I do need to eat on time, and so I've been over the years, you know, trying to convince my wife not to do karvachat because that is the one. Uh, uh, fast that she does that makes me feel very guilty that she does other fasting as well for for uh, Navratri and so on but uh, the Kavachat one is the one that uh, <clears throat> I'm at least comfortable with uh, because that is uh, uh, you know uh, being done thanks to me but uh, it has uh, sort of become a routine you know Kavachat uh, uh, sort of a routine where we connect uh, not just with each other but with the larger family as well so there is a routine where, uh, and it's uh, it's modern as well. So we we look up an app as to you know where the moon is going to rise at what time. We go out and 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 catch it as early as we can so that uh, the the ladies who are meeting in this group can break their fast early, and uh, uh, the evening becomes more social. Hey, hey guys, you know I have to say something. Um, I can't fast either. I'm not, I don't usually fast. But because of some medical tests, I was put on an enforced enforced fast for 36 hours. And I will tell you something, you know, your body feels better at the end of it. Now, I'm not sure I have the courage to do it myself again, but um, it did feel good. So there's something to it. So Shashi, what the you're saying is it. that... <laughs> Shashi, what you're saying is uh, all the ladies are feeling pretty good after the end of the fast. Uh, I, think, I, I, think, I think what is coming out of all this, guys, is that uh, or jokes aside, it's really in the end, uh, you know, if somebody's doing it, they're doing it out of love. And, uh, you know, in the end, if that brings people together, that's awesome. But I can clearly see based on what everybody is saying here that things are evolving and everybody's figuring out their own way to show that love and to celebrate a togetherness. And I think that's really what that counts, right? And, and I think that's what that's what the key was. Like when, and I think Vijay, you had also said the same thing, right? You have a group of few friends where you celebrate all festivals together, right? So it's a, it's a good occasion to get together, talk and, you know, kind of reconnect with the roots as well as kind of enjoy the friendship. For me, this is how it was back in Richmond. 
uh, all the people that I was with at Virginia Tech, we graduated, kind of took the job in the, around the same area, around the same time, got married, had kids, pretty much in the same range of two years plus minus, right? So, so it was always good to get reconnected. But coming to Florida, started my own business, got disconnected with this these things, and now I'm getting back to it. So for me, the festivals, there's a religious meaning. Uh, Shashi can give us all the gan about why each one is celebrated. But the way I'm seeing is that this is a, these occasions are getting back to the roots. That's, you know, we've been talking about that for a while and connecting with our own diaspora, our people, our, our countrymen that have moved, made the same move and kind of been through the same cycle of life, right? So that's how I'm seeing these festivals. Hey, Neeraj, look, you know, don't tempt me to give gyan because I'll, I won't stop. But I think I would go back to the point that, you know, uh, as I've contemplated the deeper meaning behind these festivals, I have found them to be of incredible beauty. I mean, the whole Mahalaya poem, for example, the whole song, the lyrics of the song, if you look at it, a lot of it is from our uh, religious text, Devi Mahatmya and all that. Uh, you know, once you start reflecting on it, I mean, as I have, I find them to be of exquisite beauty, you know. And the, I feel sort of guilty that, you know, others, including, you know, people like my son, um, are missing out on it. So that's why I kind of, I spent some time educating him about it um, because it's very difficult to recreate that sort of beauty. And remember, it's been abiding beauty for a very, very long time. To your point, I think there is sort of the religious side, but then there is the spiritual side, there is just the intellectual side, because a lot of these traditions, even though we may relate a lot of these festivals back to some conquest by one god or another, etc. Uh, but in the end, there is there is sort of this deeper meaning of what what is under all this, what are the types of uh, uh, feelings we're trying to induce people towards each other, etc. And perhaps that's what's missing. If you know, I've, I've actually found that when I meet somebody who sits down and talks about those things. It's awesome. It's really nice. Uh, you get to, uh, you know, think of it in a very different way. And we need more people who bring those aspects out. And there are not a lot of people who can do that. So in some sense, what I'm encouraging you to do is to, if you found those inner meetings, to uh, compile them, give the gyan, uh, you know, through whatever medium, you know, podcast, uh, YouTube. I, I know, you know, I keep egging you on on some of these, but I think that's that's a resource that everybody can use and would be it would really help people sort of reconnect to some of the inner meaning to these uh, festivals. Yeah, that's great. I mean, one step at a time, Vijay. I'm finding the time to do this is all what it takes. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, I do share what I can, but I'll share more. Awesome. So, guys, um, thank you for your time. I know we all have uh, other things to do. So what I want to do is wrap it up now. We'll hopefully catch up next week. And... Uh, talk more about our experiences here. Wonderful. Very cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye.